Hold your Bible up in the air. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise today. He's worth it. Amen. I'm excited you're here today, and I am believing God for incredible things. I believe that God wants to show up in our lives and cause such havoc. I think God wants to mess us up for good. Uh, You know, really, I, I think that God's intention towards us is so strong that uh, especially in, in, a, in a society and, and, a, and, a, and the point that we're at with our culture, you, you know, when, when things are getting so dark, man, just a little bit of light makes a huge difference, right? But light is insight or revelation, understanding. And the light, you know, in Isaiah where it says, arise, shine, for the light has come. The Amplified Bible says, arise from the state of depression in which circumstances has kept you. Rise to a new life. Be radiant. Shine. You got, God's got a new life. Uh, it's a new lifestyle, a new level of life. Matthew 10, 39 in the Amplified says, let go of the low life, take hold of the high life, for he who hangs on to the low life will miss it, the high life. God's got a higher life for his children than they are even aware of. Many, many times we miss out on the high life God has for us. You know that that stuff that's, remember, you know, if you've been in church for very long, you know, uh, I grew up in church, so, you know, those songs we used to sing, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you're looking around, a bunch of angry, bitter people. <laughs> and like, what are they singing about? They don't even know what they're singing about. And, and we have that mentality that it's a, it, it's a lyric. It's just a lyric. You know, you know it's, just, it's just a phrase from a, from, from a song that we sing in the hopes that we can get along for an hour and a half together. Right? If we sing long enough, we'll stop fighting. That's not the level of life God wants us to live. Man, God life. John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. God life. Zoe life. That word there is zoe. Zoe life. Eternal life. So many people wait until they die for eternal life to kick in. Well, that that means I'm going to heaven, right? When I pray that sinner's prayer, when I accept Jesus as my Savior, my sins are washed away, and now my my you know my eternity is secure. Eternal life starts when you're born again, not when you're dead. You know, when when the old man dies, you know, when this body dies and you go to glory, at that point, you probably don't even need Zoe life. You're in heaven. Right now, though, you know, in the sweet by and by. <laughs> Hurry up. Come quickly, Jesus. We shall meet on that glorious show. What about the nasty here and now? Sweet by and by, that's one thing. Nasty here and now, that's what I'm dealing with. Where's that victory at now? How do I, how do I tap into that life now? How can I live like Paul, who said, I am ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ, who's infusing me with an inner strength? Where's that at? Well, that was for those guys. No, 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 no. That was for us guys. We get to walk in victory now. Oh, come on now. We get to walk in victory now. You realize as a citizen of the United States, when you reach a certain age, you have the right to vote. Some of you guys look, what? Yeah, you you have the right to vote, okay? Not everybody votes. They got the right to. Probably should. Many people don't vote because they're under the impression that their vote don't matter. Ain't gonna change nothing. See, as a citizen of the kingdom of life, you have a right to victory. Don't mean you're going to walk in it, but you have the right to. 
Many of us don't because we don't think our walk matters. The way we handle this matters. Arise, shine. Arise, change your perspective. Shine, be enlightened. Be enlightened. God has wisdom for your life. He wants to enlighten you. He wants to give you insight and revelation and understanding so that at the moments you don't know what to do, suddenly you're going to know what to do. God wants to cause his word to come alive inside of you so to, to, to guide you, to illuminate the path that he has carved out for your life. You'll hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the right or the left. A word behind thee is not an angel on assignment that's whispering in your ear. A word behind thee is a word from the past that didn't make sense back there. But when I got to where I am, suddenly it gave direction for my life. A word behind me that came up and said, here's the way, walk ye in it. Got to tell you, not always on the seventh does the seventh proverb make sense. But by the time I get to the 27th, I've used it. Hmm. Hello, somebody. We, gotta, we, ha- we, we have a right to walk in victory. Why don't you think we do that? How about we just agree, we can walk in victory. God says we can have victory. God says that we have Zoe life. Let's live it. Let's go ahead and get it, all right? I, I was thinking, came up with some possible titles for today's message. Uh, and, and, you know, we're doing this thing called Face the Book because everybody's doing Facebook today, and we just thought, that'll be fun. Let's do Face the Book. Let's face the book. Let's get in the Word of God. But to break it down and to, you know, to distinguish which message was which, I, we, we got to get come up with a title for today. So how about this? Disarming the enemies of our faith. You like that? We're going to vote in a minute. Well, Get excited. It's about the only time you're ever going to get a vote. Um, insights, insights that can knock you out of your senses. Really, the, all the other services like that one. Well, the shorter version, knocked up. We're going to go with that. Well, you're not going to get knocked down. But what God's word can do to you is knock you up to a different level of life. Amen. And interesting when you run into somebody you haven't seen them in church in a while, and you say, "Man, I've been I've been missing you at church." And by the way, when 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 you don't come to church and you see me in the mall, I don't run from you. I'm like, "Where you been, sucker?" And they make they make statements like, "Man, I've just been struggling in my faith." Well, under a lot of pressure, those aren't the times to not be in church. It's like a doctor seeing somebody in the, in the street and saying, hey, I, I haven't seen you at the clinic lately. And they say, well, I've been really sick. There's a time to press in. And in our current society, this is the time to press in. Come on, guys. You do realize that God has information you desperately need. Hello? I said, God has information you desperately need. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Some translations put it this way. Call me and I will answer you and I'll show you hidden things, sin things, secret things. God literally saying, call me. I'll, I'll tell you stuff you couldn't possibly know. Think about this for just a minute. What an incredible offer, an invitation from God himself. The creator of everything says, call me, I'll answer. Just that. You have friends that when you call, they don't answer. These are your friends. They call or ID you. They'll get back to you later. God said, no, you call, I'll answer. And I'll tell you things that you need to know that you don't know. Why do you think it is that we don't call him more often? Might I submit that it's because of a belief system that thinks we already know everything we need to know. We're already under the impression we got this. I got this handled. I'm not the one that needs information. It's my spouse that needs some information. It's my kids. It's my parents. It's my boss. It's my employees. It's the president. Hello? It's, the, it, you know, it's my neighbor. They, God, God needs to show up at a neighbor's house. It's funny. Your neighbor said the same thing about your place. We need to have a revelation of our desperate need for God's 
involvement in our life. I know it feels good to blame the devil, but if you read the Bible, and guys, you know, we probably should give full disclosure. We probably should share the whole truth. Sometimes I hate to because if you know the whole whole truth, it, it might change the decision you make. Somebody came up to me this week and they said, I need to ask you for forgiveness. I said, okay, you're forgiven. And they said, well, let's talk. I, 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 really, want, I really want to tell you about it. And I'm like, be careful. Because the more information I have, the harder it is to forgive you. Might want to just go with okay. <laughs> so as long as I don't know what you did, I'm good. <laughs> full, full disclosure. You know, you sow the seed. The seed's the word of God. Remember the sower sowed the seed? The seed was the word of God. And, and in each case, the enemy came to steal the seed. Your greatest satanic opposition always comes after your freshest revelation. So you get a word from God. That's going to be challenged, right? That's going to that's gonna be challenged. And, and the, more, the more information that you have in the word of God, you, you know, if you read the book, it eliminates your excuses, Might as well tell you the truth. You can't blame the devil anymore. Well, the devil's big, bad, mean, and needs to be dealt with. He's already been dealt with. I'm not saying he's not mean, and he's not big, and he's not bad. But Jesus, or the Bible says that Jesus, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the evil one. For this purpose, Jesus had a purpose. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. How many of you believe that Jesus fulfilled his purpose while upon the earth? Well, if he fulfilled his purpose, then he destroyed the works of the, of, the, of the enemy. The word destroy does not mean break. It means destroy. That which is broken can be repaired. That which is destroyed is ruined forever. Well, how come he's wreaking so much havoc? That is a very good question. How come a defeated foe has so much authority in the life of believers? And I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's the Bible. See, you read the Bible, all of a sudden, excuses are eliminated. Many of us don't want the excuses eliminated because, quite frankly, we're busy using them right now. But excuses are the nails that build the house of failure. And if we want our house to stand, if we want to be able to stand against the storm of life and the chaos of life and the tribulation that's in life, in this world, there is tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome. We need the truth. We need an understanding of the truth. We need a revelation of the truth. We got to get in the word, study the word. Mark 4, 24 in the Amplified says the level of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear determines the virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. That means that the power of God's word in your life operating is dependent upon your thought and study that you give to the word that you've heard. If you don't give any thought or study, if you don't meditate, see, remember Joshua he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that you might observe to do all that is written therein. Then thou way shall become prosperous and you shall have great success. When? When you've not only taken the word, but you've meditated the word. See, you take the word. Why do we take the word? God spoke it, right? God's word. He spoke it. It became the word so that you could get the word and that's what you would begin to speak. So you get an agreement with God's word. Right? Micah 6, 8, I've shown you, O man, what is good. Love mercy, do justly, walk humbly with your God. Amos 3, 3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? You're going to walk with God. You've got to get in agreement with God. If you're in agreement with God, you're going to be saying what God said. Okay? So now you're saying what God said. You are speaking the word. What we do is we like to say what we're thinking instead of think about what we've been saying. We're going to say what God said, and then I'm going to meditate what I heard come out of my mouth. So I'm going to read it and repeat it, 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 read it and repeat it. Why? Because I've got to renew my mind. My mind has been bombarded with a world system of logic for so long that if I don't renew it to the Word of God, then I'm not in agreement with the Word of God. If I'm not in agreement with the word of God, I don't get the product that the word of God can produce. And if I ain't getting what God's word promises, pretty soon I get frustrated. Hello, somebody? Well, why isn't this working? How many people have said, well, I tried faith, it didn't work. 
No, faith tried you and you wouldn't work. Okay, it ain't easy. This ain't for sissies. Right? Fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight. We're going to win. Right? We talked about that last week, the difference between a fight and a good fight. Good fight, you win. Fight, not so good. Good fight. Okay? You got to get a backbone. You got to get some strength. You got to, you know, get the big boy pants on. But we are going to head out here and we're going to do what God says we can do. When we make that confession, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. We do not do that because Joel Osteen does it. Okay? We say that because God's word says whatever it says I can do, I can do it. What it says I am, that's what I am. I'm going to line up with the word of God. I'm going to get in agreement with the word of God. Why? Because I expect the end result that the Word of God promises. You with me? So I'm going to walk in victory. Why? Because the Bible says I can. I'm going to get out from under the weight of circumstances, quit trying to, to let that dictate my decision, and I am going to live by faith. Four times the Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. In other words, God has a prescribed lifestyle for the believer. So he's telling you how to live by faith. A lot of us are under the impression that faith is a magic wand. No, it's not. It is a way of life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing. And the next time you say, I heard that before, somebody's going to slap you. Because faith don't come by heard. Faith comes by hearing. And I got to keep hearing it and keep hearing it and keep hearing it and keep hearing it. Well, Well, you keep hearing that other message. The world's message. You hear that all the time. All the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. Turn the TV on 15 minutes, you're going to hear the word crisis 15 times. It's Because it, that's the, that is the message that they're projecting. You do realize that a recession, the definition of recession, it is a response to a report given. I'm not living in recession. I'm living under the direction of the Holy Spirit according to the word of God. Hello? I'm going to I'm going I'm to live the Bible. You know, you do you just go ahead and do what you got to do, but I'm going to do what I got to do. Well, how do I know what to do? Well, I've read the book. I'm reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it, get in the book. If you don't know what to do, get in the book. David said, "Thy word is lamp to my feet and light to my path." I know which step to take cuz the lights are on. Right? I got it. Bible says I'm victorious. I'm going to walk in victory. Look at your neighbor and say, "I'm glad you're here." You really need this. First John four, we'll put this one up. First John four, starting at verse one, beloved, don't put faith in every spirit, but test, prove the spirits to discover whether they proceed from God. Just stop there for just a minute and think with me. You know, immediately when we hear this, we think of, you know, uh, the spiritual realm, outside forces, you know, test the spirits, make sure that's of God. Can I suggest today that what I, and just because of time, Let's just, let's bring this down and let's agree that the first spirit that needs to be tested is mine, it's yours, okay? Because the greatest influential power over you is you. It's just you. How about we test our spirit, our attitude, and see if it's from God, right? We're believers, we're walking by faith. This is how we do it, right? You, you know, we don't want to just be in mental agreement, but we want to be actively participating with the word. Isn't it funny? Uh, look, we sing these songs. What were we singing today? Uh, today is the day. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I won't worry about tomorrow. I'm trusting in what you say. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I won't worry about tomorrow. Come on now. See, it's one thing. It's one thing. See, what we have to understand is that one of, the, one of our greatest enemies of faith is us. Our unchecked attitude, the stuff that we've left covered. 
See, we, we, we have a, 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 a enemy who's sharp. He's alert. He, he's messed with people for a long time and he's gotten pretty good at it. And he covers that attitude. And if he don't, we do. But see, look what it says. Test the spirit to discover. Discover. Dis is the prefix, which means to press down or to pull back. So when you discover, you pull back the cover. How about we pull the cover back on our own attitude, on, on our spirit, and see if it's from God? Let's check our spirit. Jump to verse 4 there, would you? Look at 4-4. Four, four. Little children, you are of God. You are of God. I really thought I'd get more than one agreement statement there. I thought I'd get a couple amens. Yes, that's me. Yes. You are, you are of God. You belong to him. You belong to him. You belong to him. You're God's kid. You're God's property. You, you are of God and have already defeated and overcome them. Oh, you are of God. You already got victory. I don't know what you're waiting on. The, the angels are not going to come down and do the river dance out in the driveway, guys. You don't need to wake up in the middle of the night and green, green glow paints on the wall with your name. No, no, we got God's word. You are of God. You've already overcome. You've already got victory. How about you live like it? How about instead of singing like it, you live like it? How about stop worrying about tomorrow? Well, why would I do that? I know we have this attitude. Why pray when we can worry? I want to worry about tomorrow. Well, the Bible says, take no thought for tomorrow, what you should eat or what you should drink or what raiment you should put on. The Bible tells us over and over, fear not, fret not, fear not, don't be dismayed, be of, be of good courage. 365 times in your Bible, there's a reference to not living in fear. That's one for every day of the year. Why? Because life's going to be scary. It's the only reason you tell somebody, fear not. Why? Because it's going to get scary in just a minute. Right? The, the temptation is going to be to shift over to a world system of logic. But God's saying, hey, if you, are, if you are connected with me, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That was God's system of logic that started at the beginning. You know, the Proverbs for today is going to tell you, it, go read it in the Amplified Bible. It's going to tell you that, that wisdom's talking. It says, before the heavens, I was there with God. Wisdom. Man, God's system of logic works. Everything you know is birthed out of that. Don't be afraid to live like you got some victory. Because he who lives in you is greater than he who's in the world. You know the law of gravity is a real law. Did you know that? Some of you didn't know that? Okay. But the law of aerodynamics is a greater law than the law of gravity. If you live by the law of gravity, you know that, and hear me today, if you don't believe in the law of gravity, see me right after church. Because we will take you to the roof and walk you off, and suddenly you'll be a believer. Okay? But if you, if you decide to empower the law of aerodynamics... You can load yourself up on a little tube filled up with explosive jet fuel and fly yourself through the air. Can you not, Doc? You know, if you understand the law of aerodynamics, you can rise to a law. You can live under the power of a law that is greater than the power of the law of gravity. See, it's a greater law, so it's not subject to the lower law. So the power of aerodynamics lets you fly, even though the power of, or the law of gravity is true. It's just the higher law is not subject to the lower law. So the law of sin and death is true, but the law of the spirit of life of, in Christ is, is a higher law, which is not subject to the lower law. That's why in Matthew 10, 39, he said, let go of the low life, come up to the higher life. For he who hangs on to the lower life will miss out on it, the high life. God's got a higher law. So if I live according to the word of God, I'm not subject to the law of the world. I've overcome the world because greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. You with me? Greater law. 
oh, you, are you trying to tell me that this stuff isn't real? No, it's very real. But God's law is not subject to world law. See, here's how this works. We got a, we got a slide for you. Uh, put this up. You're either, remember, remember that song, you got to serve somebody. You got to serve somebody. It might be the devil, you know, but you got to serve somebody. Yeah. God and Satan. I'll just move on. You guys aren't grooving with me, man. I get your groove on. Mm-mm. Okay. I'm leaving town in a couple hours. Actually, last night I went home and I laid down. You know, we had home plate and I don't know, you know, 295 people were there, so I can't remember. And, and, uh, and we hung out and, and then we lost an hour. So they left our house about 2 a.m. or something like that. And no, it wasn't that late. It was like 11 in new time. In new time, it would have been 11. They left about 10, so, so it, that would be 11. We went upstairs. We, you know, finished getting ready to leave town. I laid down, fell asleep for an hour. And at, I don't know. An hour later, boing, I'm awake. I'm scubulon. You know, what am I going to do? Uh, just get up and walk around the house. Uh, you know, I'm downstairs. I'm watching TV until 5 a.m. Went to sleep for an hour. Now I'm kind of punchy. <laughs> Forgot even where I was at. Okay, God and Satan. You're going to serve somebody. Okay. You gotta, your life is going to be under, under the dictates of one force, one, one authority, or another. I, I you know, wish we could come up with a softer thing than Satan. But that's who it is. You're either serving God or you're serving the devil. Right? And if you're serving God, then you are subject to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. If you're serving the enemy, you're subject to the law of sin and death. Well, I would never... Be, you know, surrender myself to the law of sin and death, crying out loud. Well, right under the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus comes love. God is love. You're not going to separate love from God. So you're either, loving, you're either living through love or through selfishness. So you might, you know, okay, we're testing the spirit to see if it's of God. So are you selfish and greedy or are you loving and generous? Very few people get up in the morning, walk into the bathroom, look in the mirror and go, whoa, you are greedy. <laughs> no, we cover ourselves better than that. We say, I'm a steward. Right? No, I'm a steward. I'm frugal. No, you're not. You're tight. You're stingy. You're selfish. Are your decisions made to protect your feelings or to protect the future? Remember, words turn into thoughts. Thoughts turn into emotions. Emotions make the decisions, right? Every decision you make is based off a feeling. How you feel about it is going to make your choices. Those choices are going to turn into actions. Consistent actions become habits. Habits become character, and character is always connected to your final outcome. So love and selfishness, this is your emotional realm here. Are you living for you, or are you living for others? Test yourself. If you don't get what you want, are you happy? That's a trick question. No, 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 it's not. If we don't get what we want, do we still have joy? Or are we kind of moody? Just a little, maybe? Uh, I don't know why I looked at you when I said that. I, I, I didn't mean it. <laughs> Under love, keep you moving now, faith. Faith or fear. Are your decisions based on faith? I believe God's word. Or are they based on fear? I believe what I heard on the news. Faith. Faith is not believing regardless of circumstance it is obeying regardless of consequence am i doing what god said to do even though right now i don't want to because i'm i'm here to tell you and i don't think i'm the only one but not everything that god suggests to do am i in the mood for man there are days i don't want to do what god is telling us to do 
And I'm not talking an audible voice in the middle of the night. I'm talking about what it said in the word I just read. Let's skip that page. Get a black marker and mark off some stuff. You know, we're, you know, got to make certain that we're not, you know, when we say we're word people, make sure that you're word people, not favorite word people. Anybody can buy that little loaf of bread and pull out a, you know, a, a Holy Ghost fortune and, and read it at the table. Those are good ones. But some of the scriptures in there are hard to do. Are you living in faith or are you living in fear? Look, look what comes after that. Okay, faith is God's system of logic. Fear is the world's system of logic. We're testing, we're testing our spirit now. Why? To see if it comes from God. Well, why would, I, why would it not come from God? Because if you leave it covered, you're not sure where that comes from. You're upset about stuff that doesn't matter. You're fighting over issues with, in your home that aren't producing. Listen, Isaiah 32, 18, God's word says, my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. If there is not peace in your home, it's not because God's word isn't true. It's because you're living in selfishness, fear, and the world system of logic. Thank you for that crazy response. God's system of logic will produce God's results. Look what comes after this. Okay, God's system of logic is a word report. The world system of logic is a world report. If you've been in the church very long, you know, uh, man, back in the day, they used to sing, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. And it, it's a long song. It goes for about an hour and 15 minutes. We sang it, we sang it every Sunday for 11 years. I'm telling you. Anybody can sing it. It's a different thing to live it. Okay, from the world report or the word report, look what comes next. Right after that report is the life cycle or the death cycle. You're either operating under the, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ and is flowing down and producing the life cycle or you're living under the law of sin and death and you're involved in the death cycle. Is your family getting stronger or are they getting the you-know-what beat out of them? Is your hope for the future greater today than it was yesterday or are you losing your belief for a future? Because the life cycle, it produces health, prosperity, blessing, increase. You can hit the thing and put it up there so they can read it. The death cycle produces death and sickness and poverty and chaos. Which one represents what you're living? See, we, we want God to come bless certain areas of our life that are not born of him. We want God to come change the environment rather than allow his word to change us. See, you're a thermostat, not a thermometer. You change the environment that you're in. God's word changes you from the inside out and everything on the outside begins to change. I know you're thinking, God needs to change my wife. No, God needs to change you. You. See, we always want to, we, 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 we get so uh, bought into the idea that it's our surroundings. We literally pack up and move go to a new city, get a new house, get a new job, drive a new car, get a new spouse, get, hello, new friends. Unfortunately, wherever you go in life, there you shall be. And it's not long after you get there, you show up. And when you show up, here comes the same junk that you had back there, and now it's here. And to cover that, you say, the whole world is crazy. No, no it ain't the whole world. It's you. You, you've heard that story. It's old, old. Remember the guy sleeping on the couch and, and, and he had the full uh, facial thing going on, you know, facial hair thing. And the kids come in and they, and they go to the refrigerator and they get the uh, uh, Lindenberg cheese and, and, they, and they put it on his mustache. And he's laying there. And he starts, oh. And he wakes up and, and he smells the couch. Gosh, this couch stinks. 
And he gets up and goes into the kitchen where his wife's cooking dinner and Oh, that is rancid. And he throws it in the garbage. He says, get in the car. We're going to, I'm taking you out to dinner. He opens the door and he goes, the whole world stinks. No, it's just you. <laughs> How about the little kid that went Christmas shopping with his mother? They'd shopped all day long. And at the very last door they were in, as they were leaving, and they're both tired, and the mother looks at, his, at, at the child and she says, did you see the dirty look that man gave me? And the child says, Mom, he didn't give it to you. You had it when we left the house. <laughs> well, let's just tell a few more jokes. This is funner. Yeah. Health, prosperity, peace, and blessing. That is, that is not the product of a lucky lifestyle. You know, test your spirit. Are you upset when others are doing well? Well, it's easy for you to walk in faith. You don't have any problems. I got one. <laughs> you, my friend. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be in my situation. Really? You haven't got a clue. To live in the life cycle, health, prosperity, peace, and blessing, which actually results in eternal life or eternal death, zoe life or non-zoe life, to live in the zoe lifestyle is not easy. And when someone's succeeding, we have a tendency, especially if we are not, we have a tendency to try to knock them out of it rather than to grow ourselves into it. Because it's easier to slam them than to admit we can trace our spirit right back to the law of sin and death and ultimately Satan. You with me? Still love me? The, the, the reality is, is that most of us, we just need to check up from the neck up. You know, we, we need a heart transplant, maybe an eye exam, and exam how I go through life. You know, sometimes the blessing of God is producing in our life, but we don't, we, you know, you got to be careful who you share that with. It might tick them off. I mean, you know how irritating it is to be blessed to a level that irritates everyone else? You know, what do you need in life? Nothing. Well, man, then you just don't know what it is to go through life. Yeah, I do. I have three teenage boys. Shelby and I have been married 25 years. She's tougher than she looks. You've got the same challenges everybody else does, and some of you are walking in Zoe, and you know what it's like to have that held against you. Come on, guys. Test that spirit. You are of God. You already have the victory. How about you walk in it? Look at 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. Whatever is born of God. See, if your spirit's born of God, then it's going to rise up above the world. It's going to be victorious. That word means to carry off the victory. You, they, if, oh, gosh. Okay, let's think. Uh, okay, it's not just whoever. It's whatever. Whatever. Okay, the, the church, the ministry here, four years old. We own 10 acres. How did we get it? Not exactly sure. You know, paid cash. How would you do that? With money. Where would you get it? I thought it was you. If you're surprised, you should start giving too. <laughs> Crazy idea. What are we going to do? We're going to build something. When? I don't know. I, you know. You know what? I will tell you this much, and you really need to pray. 
Because in the next 90 days, we're going to raise $100,000. That is above and beyond our regular tithe. You know why we're doing that? Because someone said, you know what? We see God working here. You raise $100,000, we'll match it. So we're going to match it. Well, how can you be so sure? Because this ministry was born of God. So it overcomes the world. The world says, oh, hang on everything you got. God says, give as much as you can. Right? So, and I'm telling you this without taking an offering, so you don't think I'm coming just to get your money. No, in the, in the coming weeks, when we receive the offering, and we're just, we'll just say, hey, don't forget, we've got $100,000 to raise above our tithe. Well, why above the tithe? Because if we take our tithe and put it towards 100000 then we've got a building fund that looks really healthy, but we can't turn the lights on, and, and we can't do any ministry. Right? Because when you give to the building fund, that's a designated fund, and we can't use it for anything except the building fund. So make sure that you don't get smart and say, th- I know how we can do it. We can give our tithe. No, you can't got to be above and beyond well well then what are, you know man that, that's scary right fear not here's one of your 365 day applications right let, let me jump real quick go to go to luke chapter what did i give you or is it mark mark let's go to mark i like mark too mark's okay what's your problem with luke okay mark chapter six Mark chapter 6. Check it out. He went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. Let's, let's be certain that if we're going to be disciples, that we follow. One, one point, Jesus said, if you desire to be my disciple, and I'm thinking, what an incredible question that is. Do you have a desire to follow Christ? Where's where's the passion to just be a follower of Christ? He said, if you desire to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. And see, here is your cross to deny yourself and to follow him. He he went and the disciples followed him. Look at verse 2. And when the Sabbath day was come... He began to teach in the synagogue. Just a little side note you might write down. Jesus goes to church. (laughs) And I know we're here today after having an hour ripped from our grip. We are here and I celebrate you. (laughs) But just remember, it was his custom and he he went to church. Where, Where is he today? He's right here. And he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. Everybody say astonished. Let's say it together. Astonished. You know what that word means? It means to be knocked out of your senses. That's the title, knocked up. God's word has the power to knock you out of your senses. Which, by the way, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, the just shall walk by faith. Or we walk by faith, not by sight. Sight is the sense realm. But we, that ain't how we do it. We walk by faith. We trust the word of God, not our senses. So we need the word of God to knock us out of our senses. Okay? You with me? Look at what? Look at what happens. Many hearing him were knocked out of their senses saying, Where did he get this kind of wisdom? The word wisdom here is Sophia. It is a deep understanding combined with a practical application. These guys came to hear Jesus and he knocked them out of their senses through a revelation of deep understanding, but also with practical application. He said, this is what you need to know and this is how it connects together. This is how you do it. They were astonished. They said, look at the mighty works that are wrought at his hand. This is Jesus. Big dog. Number one son. Master. Savior. Redeemer. Counselor. 
Hello, somebody. Got Jesus in the house. Verse 3. Isn't this the carpenter? The son of Mary? Brother of James? Joseph? Judah? Simon? Aren't those his sisters here with us? Another side note. Jesus had siblings. Mary was not the eternal virgin. I think God expected an awful lot out of Joseph, but come on. Okay, Mary. <laughs> Later today, someone's going, aha, yeah. Okay. Merit was incredible, but Jesus had siblings. And they're like, they are beginning to discount. Remember, they were astonished, knocked out of their senses. They heard deep understanding with practical application, and they followed it with, we know him. And they were offended at him, like many of you are with me right now. They were offended, offended. Scandalizo. It's where we get our word scandal. It means not only to stumble, but to place the stumbling block in front of another. It is as if when one gets his foot entangled and becomes irritated. They were offended. And since I'm offended, you're going to get offended too. I heard a deep revelation with practical understanding or application that knock me out of my senses, but I'm not going to live it, and neither are you. Why? Because if you go off and live it, it's going to make me look bad, so rather than you do it, I'm going to knock you down too. Crabs in a bucket. You ever seen crabs in a bucket? One's climbing up, the other one reaches up and pulls them back down. Who are the two brothers, Cain and Abel? God's happy with one, unhappy with the other one. So the guy that has God unhappy kills the brother that God's happy with. Why? So there's no more comparison. I'd rather get rid of him than to recognize how badly I need to change. This is, an added, this is the enemy of your faith. I said this is the enemy of your faith. That you wouldn't take what he said and apply it. You'd rather come up with reasons why it ain't working for me. Look at verse 4. Jesus said unto them, a prophet's not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. He got them all mad, even his own house mad at him. Come here, come home. You know, hey, when you got the goods, the first place you want to really see it hit is home. Right? And they, get this, they were waving hankies. They were saying amen. They knew that he had done mighty works, and he's going to leave here and go do mighty works. But when it comes to right here, well, we'll look at verse 5. He could there do no mighty work. Save, he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. One translation says that he cured some with minor ailments. So there was one young guy with bad acne. He went out with, you know, good skin. But there were blind eyes he couldn't open, deaf ears that couldn't hear, lame that couldn't walk. God was in the house, but he couldn't do anything there. I've got a question for you. Okay, I know you're connected to God. Can he do anything? Well, if God wants it done, he can do it. Really? I think if God could do anything, I think if God was in control, you'd be a lot nicer than you are. I think if God was in control, God, God put you in control. The only area of your life that God is in control is the area which you have totally surrendered. The only part of God's word that works, by the way, is the part you do. If you don't do it, it don't work. God could do no mighty work there. What a sad state that we are believers. We got t-shirts and bumper stickers, but God can't work in our life. 
because we would rather justify where we are than allow him to change it inside of us. We'd rather be upset and offended and hurt people around us than to admit I should probably change my tude. We've got an attitude that needs to be changed. Look at verse 6. He couldn't do anything there, and Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. Very few places in the Bible where it says Jesus was astonished or amazed. This is one of them. He was amazed at their unbelief. He was amazed at their attitude, their unfaith, their unwillingness to take what they heard, what they agreed with, what they knew could produce results. He was amazed that they would refuse to apply that. He was amazed that they would rather protect their feelings than their future. They knew he'd done great things. You know God has done great things. You know it. We got people in the house we were supposed to bury a year ago. You know, Bev running all over the halls, supposed to be wheeling herself. You got marriages you should have been divorced a long time ago. You're still fighting. <laughs> I just I thought it was funny, fighting. Um, <laughs> sorry. You, you know he's done great things. Look at Joel 2. I'm done, but I'm, I'm going to finish. Fear not. 365 times. Fear not. Fear not. What are you worried about? What are you worried about? What are you worried about? Knock it off. Fear not. Stop worrying about tomorrow. How about this? Be glad. That would be a huge improvement. Wouldn't it? You know, I grew up in the church and, and my, all my life been around church people and church people are the easiest people to offend on the planet. Man, pick the wrong color for the nursery wall and you can have a church split. It's great. How about we just be glad? Huh? How, how about we just act like we got joy unspeakable? Rejoice for the Lord has done. Great thing. In King James, it says will do. Well, which is it? He will do or has done? It's both. Because he has done, we know he will do. Right? It's his character to do great things. So stop worrying about that and be glad. How about we represent a victorious body to this community that is in great need of somebody with some hope? Man, Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, I've given you the hope of a future. How about we act like we got a future? Look at verse 22. Be not afraid, you wild beast. It's the only reason I'm using that verse, so I can call you a wild beast. The pasture of the wilderness have sprung up and are green. The trees bear it fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their full strength. Hey, it's going to be good. Life is good. We're in the life cycle over here. Blessing, increase, prosper. Come on. Look at verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. He's going to give you the former rain early, rain and just measure and righteousness. He's going to cause come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain as before. 24. He's going to make it rain on you. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vats will overflow with the juice and oil. It's going to be good. Rejoice and be glad. Look at verse 25. Things are getting awesome. I will restore or replace for you the years that the locust has eaten. What you thought was gone forever, God said, I can restore it. Devil told you, oh, time, you're never going to get your time back. He said, I'll give you back the years, the time that the enemy ripped off from you. I'll, I'll give it back. What are you worried about? When we're in a crisis. Isn't it funny that people who want great victory don't realize that that demands great battle? 
great, great victory. God's going to do great things. In other words, there's going to be great opposition. Great challenges, great obstacles. Huge things. So, some of the challenges that we face, we don't dare tell you. Because you'd worry all night. <laughs> oh, Lord, what are we going to do? We're going to trust God. Have I already quoted Acts 16, 31 from the Message Bible? Put your entire trust on the Master Jesus. Then you'll live the life the way you're supposed to, and your whole house too. How, how, about, you, how about you just trust God? How about you just trust God? And then you'll live the way you're supposed to, and not only you, but your whole house too. Why, why are you laying awake at night worrying about your kids? Get some sleep. Get some sleep. But, yeah, but they're out, and they're doing so. Get some sleep. The Bible says that your children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of thy children. Look, he never sleeps nor slumbers. And since he's going to be awake anyways, we might as well get some rest. Huh? What are you worried about? Well, we got a big thing coming. That's coming. Where are you at? How about we just do what we sing? I won't worry about tomorrow. I'm trusting in what you say. This is the day. Uh, 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 uh-oh, uh, 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 uh-oh. Huh? How did Jesus deal with the unbelief? Go go back and and look at that last verse. Um, He went from thence and... He marveled because of their unbelief. He went round about the villages teaching. How do we deal with that spirit that wants to discount God's word? Teaching. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. I know that you think if you saw another miracle that you'd be a stronger believer. No, you'd be a more excited believer for about half an hour. And I'm not saying that we don't believe in miracles. We believe in miracles, but miracles are not our passion. Well, if I could just get, you know, prophecy in my life. You, you know what? Prophecy is great, but do you really need somebody to tell you what your name is? I believe in prophecy. I have thousands of them given to me in my life. I, every prophecy I receive, every single one, I take it and I put it on a shelf. And we wait. And some of them, honestly, if I was doing everything that has been prophesied over my life, I would not have time to sleep. There's too many things. But some of those words have become very accurate and very prominent in our life today. Shelby and I, how many years ago, 20 20 years ago, were in Hereford, Texas, going through the Cowgirl Hall of Fame. I'm sure you've all been there. And... um, and we were in the Cowgirl Hall of Fame in Hereford, Texas, and the curator walked up to me and said, I don't know if, uh, you know what you think about this kind of stuff, but if you don't mind, would it bother you greatly if I gave you a word from God? She didn't know us from Adam. That word I put on the shelf. Today, that word is producing fruit in my life. But I don't need a prophecy. I need word. Well, I need more power. You do not need more power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead has now quickened your mortal body. If you had any more power, you'd blow the lips off the front of your face. You don't need more power. You need more gospel. What does the Bible say? You want to solve your problem? Do what the Bible says. And if you don't know what the Bible says about your problem, that's your problem. Get in the book, study the word of God, live the word of God. When you do what he said, he'll produce what he promised every single time. The enemies of our faith, the enemy of your faith is the attitude that would rather justify or hide than to allow God's word to change you from the inside. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Check your attitude. Is your spirit producing life or is it death? Is there blessing, increase, health, or is it sickness, poverty, decrease? Is it fear, or is it faith? Where are you flowing from? Don't refuse to change. Don't refuse to change.
I said, don't refuse to change. Change is great. You first. <laughs> no, we, we, we want God's word to come alive inside of us and to change us from the inside out, right? We're going to walk in victory. And when we're not walking in victory, you know, when we stepped in something else, we're going we're gonna to be aware of that quickly and we're going to change the way we walk. Amen? Amen. Come on, close your book. Let's give God one more hand this morning. He's worthy.